You're listening to the fourth episode of the Art of the Move Property Podcast. In this episode, Hamish Bowman sits down with Simon Maguire from project and development management company Aurora Pacific. Simon knows the ins and outs of the building process, and in this chat, he provides a few really interesting and insightful tips, as well as red flags that you should consider when looking at downsizing. Before we get stuck in, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners wherever you're listening to this podcast. The Art of the Move was created on Turrbal and Yagara land. We would like to pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. You can keep up to date with Hamish on Instagram at hamishbowman underscore or on Facebook at hamishbowmanrwnf. But right now, in conversation with Hamish Bowman, this is The Art of the Move. So we're very lucky to have Simon Maguire on board. Welcome, Simon. Thanks, Hamish. Glad to be here. Simon's from a company called Aurora Pacific, been around for more than 15 years, and they're a project management, development management, and a superintendent company specialising in, in developments in and around Brisbane, actually offshore, which we'll have we'll touch on shortly, Simon. But we met each other in a recent project in, in New Farm and have got to get to know each other. And I think it's relevant for today's podcast because Simon in in relation to the cycles been doing a lot of development management around this cycle of downsizes and what we need to provide for them and how we design our buildings. Do you want to just give us a quick snapshot on Aurora and, and where you sit in the market today? Uh, yeah, generally we're uh, Aurora Pacific, a project management, development management company. We deliver buildings all over Australia in terms of delivering for developers or um, correcting uh, damaged projects uh, for the bank. Uh, but also getting people out of trouble and just solving problems, but essentially delivering on time, on budget, anywhere in Australia and sometimes overseas as development manager, project manager, or even superintendent. Mm -hmm. A bit of everything. All disciplines, residential, commercial, retail, and industrial. Good to know. So you've been from New Farm, and I see on your bio you've been to worked at Solomon Islands and places abroad. Yes, I've done a casino and resort in the Solomon Islands, which is a lot of fun, uh, complex uh, to get a building of that size built over there with uh, approval for 166 apartments and a, a small marina and a jetty and a high rollers, villas and restaurants, but a lot of fun. Well, let's dig into a little bit of details, Simon. Interesting enough, and it's been hot on the press probably for almost a year now, sort of some construction building issues down south, which sort of the the, the tones resonated up, up north with us. So we're talking to buyers, some of their frequently asked questions around building and structures and even like engineering reports and those types of things. Translating into the current market, and what you're doing, what sort of, in a general macro sense, do you see as sort of red flags and maybe some advice for buyers coming into the market? Yeah, it's good that you raised that. Um, recent years, there's been a lot in the press, uh, mostly Sydney and Melbourne, um, with some large buildings and some crash, cracking issues and so on. But look, the general red flags are, um, you know, buildings that are built fast and tall for an investor market where their product is or has to be price pointed at the lower end will always result in uh, a desire by the developer and the builder to bring the cost down. And when shortcuts occur, you can get various problems. So I think the red flags are avoid builders that are lesser known, uh, avoid tall buildings with lots and lots and lots of apartments, and uh, generally you'll get a, a smaller building built by a more competent builder and as a result, you won't have those sort of problems. Mm -hmm. um, and that's for a whole different podcast, of course. But red flags for me are choose a builder that's competent and well-known and doesn't have any defects beside their name at the various 
Australian building license holders like QBCC, for example. You can do a search on the web and see if they've got any uh, QBCC defects beside their name. Mm -hmm. So it's all about the builder, not necessarily the developer. It's all about the builder. They need to be financially capable, competent, and well-known. So if buyers are looking off the plan and even recently built, Simon, what sort of detail, you know, we're obviously we're selling as an agent, we're selling off the plan, we've got a set of plans, you know, what comfort can buyers get and I guess questions they might ask you as a development manager, us as the agency and the architects that we're seeing, we're having architects meetings quite regularly with buyers. Are there some questions or areas of the bill that, that buyers should, we should recommend them looking at? Yeah, look, the old saying is devil is in the detail and uh, the number one thing I would say to answer that question is the black and white print. So when a developer or agent represents a product to you, that representation is really important. So you've got to look at the black and white writing. So I'll give you an example. Um, usually they will have an offering with a finisher schedule or specifications attached. And when you read that written detail, that'll tell you what you're getting. But you need to think ahead and be sensible about reading that because it can quite often just say you're getting European appliances. Well, the difference between a, a vague developer uh, and, and a detailed developer who cares about their product is that one will say European appliances and the other one will say Gaganau M200 series with a 900 wide cooktop. And in both instances, one side you know exactly what you're getting and the other side you just don't know what you're getting. It could be a cheap brand, it could be anything. So the devil's in the detail. That black and white print is really important. And if they don't have the detail... It's uh, buyer beware, buyer should ask for the detail in writing mm. so that, that can be part of the contract so you know what you're getting and it can be delivered. Mm. And if they don't deliver it, they're in breach of contract. Mm -hmm. Well, just, I guess, moving on to more of the topic of downsizing and building as we're talking about. We've seen in recent times, Simon, working together that we've had a perhaps a, a, a plan which shows bedrooms and multi-purpose rooms and living areas and what we've been able to do is redesign some of these, um, if, knowing that if it's a downsizer coming into the market and buying from us, we can redesign the floor plate to their particular knees and it seems from my point of view not being a builder that it's quite interesting how much we can actually change the floor plate at this early stage and, and a, lot, a lot of it internally these days is, is structural as a structural wall would you have any comments on that yeah so look some buildings you can't change and some you can change the project you're referring to is 160 oxlade drive at new farm on the river there and that's a one per floor apartment with only five exclusive river homes when you've got a one per floor apartment you've got the whole floor plate to play with and you can make some changes more easily if you've got eight apartments per floor it's very hard to make changes because the services have to match up with the services of the apartment below so if you're a 20-story building one change on level 18 can affect everything all the way down. So you're less likely to make any changes or be able to accommodate any changes. But with one per floor, we can move walls and move things around a lot more easily. It's still We're still constrained like any other development, but um, that gives you the flexibility. And I often think of my parents and your parents, we've had this discussion before, if you were to walk into a suburb and you had your parents there and they asked you to find you something off the plan, what would you look at you know what would you tell them to look at what you know what would you ask them to do yeah look i would say to my parents you know for starters i'd say look for anything with under 20 units in the development um under 40 is preferred but under 20 would be ideal and the reason for that is if you're a downsizer you're looking you're usually coming from a house and and you and you, you're trying to minimize 
maintenance. So that usually lends itself to buying a townhouse or an apartment. If you're moving into an apartment, you're, you're sharing with other people in a community title scheme. So the less people, the better, especially if you've come from a house. But more importantly, you have to live with those neighbours for a long time when you've been used to living by yourself. So when you've got five of them, for example, one per floor, you really don't have the opportunity to clash with your neighbours very much. So less is more. Also, with less number of units, you have a smaller building um, and less height and less of the risk of a cracking building scenario like the Opal Tower in Sydney. I would say buy the number one advice, which you guys I'm sure will agree with, which is position, position, position. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to buy a place that you actually want to live. Um, now, it doesn't have to be on the river like we have at 160 Oxlade Drive, which is a premium location. But more importantly, you want to be near a honeypot, which is a, a village like Kedronbrook Road or New Farm Village or Oxford Street, Bilimba, for example. Mm-hmm. And they're just Brisbane examples. But if you're near a honeypot, we all want to be able to go and get the bread, milk and paper. We all want to be able to go to our favourite cafe particularly if if you're downsizing and you're getting towards retirement, you're going to spend a lot of time at your local cafe. So the location is everything. That's your number one priority. And I think my second advice would be 20 units or less. Now then, there's the third bit of advice, which is really important. If you're downsizing, it's not about being selfish anymore because the kids have all moved out because we all know kids have kids and kids sometimes have events in their life where they have to move home again, whether it be you know, they've lost a job or they've divorced or something bad's happened and you want to take them back under the wing again. So a downsizing apartment with size, like a three-bedroom unit plus an NPR, a multi-purpose room, or a four-bedroom unit becomes a really good thing to allow you to have grandkids and kids and other people around or Christmas mm-hmm. parties and so on. Mm-hmm. So I think people need to think about that. Downsizing into a one-bedroom or a two-bedroom isn't as practical as it might sound. So I think size does matter. Mm -hmm. And along with that comes car parking, which would be my fourth bit of advice. I think a tandem car park is difficult to deal with, but a side-by-side car park with two cars is is highly sought after. And in recent times, you and I have actually sat down and and redesigned a floor plate for a particularly older lady, um, well into her 80s, which we're dealing with the family as well. And we've structured it and designed it in such a way that when she finally does pass on, that we can actually, quite with minimum effort, have this unit back as as a traditional apartment. So we've done like a particular design, which is a bit bespoke, and then we can pair it back and have a a three-bedroom unit. So we've been able to design for that type of Yeah, we've future-proofed the design. That's Mm. right. Not all developers would offer that. But, you know, that's the beauty of having a smaller development. The developer's more likely to um, to be able to help out mm-hmm. and, and make those design changes to future-proof the apartment. I mean, for example, we widened corridors for future wheelchair use to suit access to amenities, and I think that's, that's a really good thing to be able to have. Not every developer will be able to offer that, um, but that's certainly a great result for that particular purchaser mm, excellent all right simon i think we've um we've had a great chat very lucky to have you on board today and thank you very much yeah thanks very much for having me that wraps up our fourth episode of the art of the move property podcast hosted by hamish bowman from ray white projects and ray white new farm and recorded and edited by myself lucy mcafee we would like to extend a sincere thank you to simon mcguire from aurora pacific taking the time to chat with us and providing an interesting and insightful industry perspective on the downsizing movement. If you want to get in touch to discuss the market further or just generally have an appraisal of your property, you can email Hamish at hamish.bowman at raywhite.com. 
We'd also love to hear your feedback on this episode, so feel free to rate and review, and while you're at it, subscribe on your preferred streaming service. Thanks for taking the time out to listen to this episode and watch this space for our next release of The Art of the Move.